0: Hello and welcome to the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast, a high vibe space where we talk about all things spirituality, manifestation, raising our vibrations and walking away from the manifestation block that is alcohol. Whether you're newly sober, sober curious or you've been sober for a long time, This is the place for you if you want to learn more about spirituality, manifestation and how letting go of alcohol can make you so much more powerful at manifesting. It's time to stop drinking, start living, raise our vibrations and step into our manifestation power. Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Alcohol-Free Vibes podcast. If you are listening to this episode on the day that it is published on Sunday, the 3rd of September, then you have until midnight tonight to sign up for the next round of Sober and Soulful, my immersive six-week course. That helps you let go of alcohol effortlessly, letting go of any FOMO that you might still have around not drinking alcohol so that you can step into your true manifestation power. You'll learn all about how alcohol is a manifestation block so that you can finally grab the steering wheel and manifest the life of your dreams just like I did. So if you'd like to um, get on board for the, the next round, then please just send me an email at thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk, Annika is spelled A-N-N-E-K-A, and I would love to welcome you on board. If you're not quite ready for that yet and you'd like to do something different, then please go ahead and try out my 30-day alcohol-free challenge. It's only £20 and you get an email sent to you every morning at six o'clock UK time with an audio file in. All you have to do is listen to the sound of my voice and I guide you through step-by-step every day of your Thursday challenge. Sometimes I give you tips and tricks. Sometimes I give you a pep talk. Sometimes I give you a meditation audio to listen to. Um, And I've had some amazing feedback about how supportive that is similarly if you want to do something else you could join the sober and soulful membership which is 30 pounds a month you get um, a monthly um, theme with a video training that's self-led you get journaling questions and meditation audio and we have a monthly live call as well which is really really supportive and a whatsapp group if you're interested in any of those, or you'd like to talk to me about one-to-one coaching, or indeed, if you'd like to get yourself on the waiting list for the next round of Sober and Soulful, which will be in January, you can book in a free consultation with me or send me an email. Um, to do either of those, send me an email to thrive at thriveatcoachingbyannica.co.uk. In this week's episode, I welcome back my wonderful friend, Victoria Maskell onto the podcast, for our next episode in this series of what do you think about so I will not spoil any of this week's episode for you because we're going to introduce it together in a moment when I hand over to us in the interview but let's uh, crack on and welcome the lovely Victoria mascot and get started with this wonderful episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of What Do You Think About? with myself, anna Carice, and Victoria Maskell and of course this time we are on my podcast, the Alcohol-Free Vibes podcast. How are you today, Victoria?
1: I am very good, thank you. Um, I'm going to be very British as ever and go, the sun is shining, so I feel really good. We've got some sunshine. Isn't
0: the weather lovely? How wonderful.
1: (laughs) I feel like I should be drinking pims in the garden, but it would be non-alcoholic because I don't drink alcohol.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or a cup of tea. Um, Welcome (laughs) back on the podcast onto another episode of What Do You Think About? Um, Would you just like to give a very quick intro to any of our newer listeners who have not met you before?
1: absolutely thank you for having me so my name is victoria maskell i am a mindset and manifestation coach and i specialize in the science of manifestation and the science the neuroscience behind changing how we think and feel so my background is that i um, have a degree in psychology and cognitive neuroscience so technically i'm a psychologist Um, I absolutely love understanding how the brain works to help us deal with anxieties, fears, phobias, and and how we think about money, which I think we might be talking about a little bit today. Um, Money is one of those topics that I love supporting people with because we all need money in some way, shape or form. And we all have money mindset around money, good or bad. Um, So that's one of the things I I specialize in. And that's a little bit about me. (laughs) Over to you.
0: So Victoria and I have so many crossovers and similarities. Uh, Obviously, Victoria is a money mindset specialist, and I'm an alcohol-free specialist. However, Victoria does not drink, um, and we are both very grounded in manifestation in our business. And today, we're going to really make some links between those two, because I'm going to ask Victoria the question, what do you think about the link between, get this, money and food and before i um allow victoria to answer that question i'm also just going to add the um kind of context that i think alcohol can be linked to this and it can also be separated from this because alcohol creates a dopamine response as do um shopping and eating however there's a key difference which is when we realize alcohol doesn't serve us anymore, we can completely eliminate it. Whereas we do have to cultivate a relationship, a healthy relationship with both money and food. They are things that we do want. They're not necessarily toxic, um, they can our relationship with them can become toxic but we do need to have them in our lives so I just wanted to make that link with alcohol because it you can you as we're talking about this you might draw some comparisons with your relationship with alcohol but there is that key difference that we don't want alcohol in our life and we do want money and food so over to you Victoria, <laughs> what do you think about the relationship between money and food
1: okay there's so much I want to say and I'm not really sure where to start but The first thing I think to say is there is a clear relationship between money and food. Mm -hmm. And there is a clear relationship because as human beings, we experience patterns in our lives. Mm -hmm. So um, my mentor, Terence Watts, who is the originator of BWRT, once said... The way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And you and I were having a general conversation on WhatsApp, you know, as we do. um, And we were just talking about this. And between us, I think we came to the conclusion of, oh, hang on a minute. I do this with food and I do that with money. Maybe I can take some of the things I've learned with one and apply it to the other. So there's a definite clear link. I know we're going to dive into this, but I want to actually touch on something you've just said about the the difference with alcohol. Mm -hmm. So I work with clients using something called BWRT coaching, which is this lovely hybrid between coaching and changing your neural pathways to changing the way you see and think about things. And one of the things I work on is food. And actually I was having a conversation with a client the other day, and she kind of said to me, I just struggle with food. I really struggle with my relationship with food. We obviously have a relationship with money as well. Mm-hmm. And she she said like, I just wish I didn't have to eat. And this is the thing, like we have to have a really good relationship with food because we have to do it every single day. We have to almost do it in the right way or in moderation or in a healthy way. We can't just cut it off and we can't just ignore it. And we can't not have any parameters or boundaries with it and it's exactly the same with money I see lots of people who are going oh my relationship with money is just awful like they're burying their head in their sand in the sand sorry they're ignoring it they're not thinking about it they're not checking their bank accounts there's a lot of fear surrounding it they're like distancing themselves from it or they're in a position where they feel out of control with it and I think out of control is a phrase we probably use with food maybe with alcohol as well but it's that feeling of like I'm spending too much. I'm not saving enough. I feel like it's running away from me. I don't feel like I'm leading this relationship. And I think fundamentally, the way, like I said, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And the good thing is, even if people are listening to this and going, oh my God, I don't even know where to start with it. I'm just going to put out right now, remember we can change our neural pathways. And if our brain has got a good pattern somewhere, it's even easier to apply that pattern to a different scenario or a different event. So if you can feel really confident in a certain scenario, your brain understands what confidence feels like so you can apply it to something else. So if right now you've got an amazing relationship with money, you've got neural wiring that you can then apply to food and vice versa. So that's my kind of start on it that they are massively linked, that we have these patterns as human beings. And I'm now going to say to you, like, what what does it mean for you for there to be this link between money and food?
0: Well, for me, I think the the reason that I even noticed the link was I was thinking back to myself when I was in my early 20s, when I um, was a bit lost. I I, um, was drinking um, too much uh, after I'd left university. And I realize now that I was just in a complete dopamine trap with so many things in my life I would sit at home um drinking wine smoking ordering things online I remember I knew my credit card off by heart wow (laughs) like tapping away and then I wake up in the morning and be like whoopsie (laughs) I, I always had so much money on my credit card that just felt really normal to me um and it was really this I was in this constant state of like I'm not enough I know that's why I kept kept shopping and kept drinking and kept smoking and I also um, was not in a very good place with food I was constantly trying to lose weight and I was constantly trying to like restrict my food and then binging and really when I look at how I was behaving in all of those areas like it was the same I was Mm -hmm. binging on shopping I was binging on alcohol and cigarettes I mean the difference with alcohol and cigarettes is there wasn't really the deprivation there I wasn't (laughs) Having any days off, um, but with the um, with the the shopping and the food, I was trying to restrict, um, and perhaps trying too hard, um, and really making myself feel dysregulated and deprived, and getting feeling really really in lack and then which would result in a massive binge so you know I'd go to oxford street and like spend like 300 pounds on and buy loads of clothes be like i just need i just need them um so yeah i mean looking back now it's just so obvious but at yeah. the time i just my life just felt like a bit out of control so i'm interested if we could wheel in myself in my early 20s what would you do with her
1: <laughs> oh um, well where to start oh right, okay. so in I'm sure I'm pretty sure this is the name of it but there is this um, psychological thing that they teach you to do with eating behavior that's called set point theory and it's I think Weight Watchers or Slimming World, one of the two, have kind of taken this on board, supposedly. This is what one of my clients was telling me. So the idea is that your brain wants to protect you from deprivation or not having enough. So what happens, for example, when people go on diets, um, they start restricting, they start cutting back. Now, what happens is your brain and your body have this sort of like healthy place. And if it perceives that you are restricting, that you are cutting back, it does things to try and get you to eat enough food. Mm -hmm. Now, from evolutionary perspective, this was because of the the famine at times, The, the different seasons meant food was and wasn't available. So it was useful. But it's like, remember our brain hardware hasn't been updated for about a million years. We are living in this world where for most people, we're incredibly lucky that food is abundant or fairly abundant. We don't live in this feast and famine, yet we still have that within us. So whether it's with money, whether you're saying, right, I've got to cut back, no, I've got to spend, whether it's with food, as as soon as you start telling yourself, I've got to restrict, there is a part of you, probably your subconscious, your reptilian, that goes, no, no, we're going to be in lack, we're going to be in scarcity, quick, we've got to do something about it. And we swing between the two. Now, what I would be saying to your 20 year old self, well, there's, there's probably loads, but the first thing would be, how can we get you to be balanced? How can we just calm this all down without going into the extreme of spending a thousand pounds on Oxford Street, spending on your credit card, and without the extreme of, you're never allowed to buy anything, you can't buy any new clothes for 16 years. I don't know why 16 years, but you know, that's an example
0: of how our brain catastrophizes. So it's very helpful. Yeah. exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> like neither of the extremes is helpful because they don't represent balance. They don't represent equilibrium. Now, if you speak to someone who, um, you know, feels they eat in a healthy way and they have a healthy body and they have a great relationship with, let's say food, they'll probably say something. well, I, if, I'm going to use myself as an example, and I'm going to say, I, I hope I, I feel like I have a fairly healthy relationship. I really like food. I like dessert. I like cooking. I like eating. But I never get to a stage where I have restricted myself so that I have to go into what might be a binge type cycle. I used to. I used to say to myself, oh my gosh, you can't eat that, Victoria. Stop that. No, you can't have it. No, cut back. Stop eating sugar. And then what would happen is I'd go to the supermarket, I'd buy a packet of muffins and eat all four and think, I feel disgusting. Mm. Now, we're obviously not talking about like clinical eating disorders here, but what was happening was I was restricting, my brain was saying, ah, we need to have all of it because you're gonna cut back eating too much. And now I just feel like I'm in that position where it's like, mm, do I want it? Not really. Do I want a chocolate bar? Actually, yes. Like right now on my desk for anyone who's watching this, there is a large, oh, you can't really see it. There is a large bowl of uh, roses and celebrations, but because they're here, I know that I can have them when I want them, but I don't have to have them. So what I'm really talking about is balance, is stopping getting into that restricting and overindulging stage, finding a way to you maybe say calm your nervous system. Yeah. Maybe um, st- uh, um, this might be something you want to touch on. Actually, I'll ask you the question. Like, okay. I want to say ways of calming your nervous system and ways of stopping using these behaviors, eating, spending money, whatever, to solve a problem. So would you call them numbing behaviors?
0: I would call them numbing behaviors. I think from from the food perspective there's a couple of things going on here because when we look at all of these numbing behaviours when we're we're using them to anaesthetise feelings that we do not want to feel Um, and we're trained as children to do this when we're told be a good girl don't cry have some chocolate well done good girl thank you for stopping crying and we are we are conditioned to push our uncomfortable feelings down and to be a quote-unquote good girl and not cry so Mm -hmm. we are Taught to do this with sugar and food. We then learn to do it as adults with wine because that's the grown-up version. Um, Money, money's the version. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to go and buy myself something fabulous, and everything will be fine. You know, like Sex and the City taught me to. Um, So we've got these things going on, and actually, a huge part of an alcohol-free journey um, is about learning how to feel our feelings, but. This is why lots of people in the alcohol-free community, when they stop drinking, initially might find that they um, have cross addictions because it's all very well and good stopping drinking. It's the first start part of the healing journey, but you you then need to do the next bit, which is I'm actually gonna feel the feelings now. I'm not gonna numb them with something else. So we've got that going on with the food. There, I mean, you could probably tell me more about the neurochemistry with um with with shopping. And, and you might say there are some similarities here, but there are two other um neurotransmitters that we have to consider, which are leptin and ghrelin. So mm. I know that I know we've talked about these before, but ghrelin is the, for those listening, um, the hormone that makes us feel hungry, and leptin is the hormone that makes us feel full. So I remember. When I first tried to do intuitive eating, when I was really, really, really out of balance and binging quite a lot, and being like, "I can't bloody do this! I can't <laughs> do it! I, you know, I it's not for me." And I realised, as an like, an adult, even though I was apparently an adult at the time, but you know, that's debatable. Um, <laughs> I realised now, when I was watching Natasha Natasha OCN's YouTube i don't know if you've heard of her she's like quite a well-known like athlete who had an eating disorder and um is now an intuitive eater okay. and her um i can't remember what the, their title is but the person that worked with her to help her heal basically said you can't actually eat intuitively like we can everyone can do it eventually but initially you need to be biochemically balanced yeah so if you're um if you're binging a lot and if you're restricting a lot your brain produces um lots of um Frelin. Lots of and less leptin to prime you to binge because it's trying to protect you from dying of starvation Yep. So initially when we first try and eat intuitively we basically just end up binging loads because our brain's like oh thank god and then then people can get freaked out and then they go back to restriction which is definitely what happened to me yeah. and really this is what you have to I mean, this is all like eating disordery stuff, but um, you need to do what's called mechanical eating to start off with to train your biochemistry. Like, we don't need to produce all of these hormones anyway. We're going slightly off on a tangent, here. <laughs> but with with the um, with alcohol and money, we haven't got leptin and ghrelin to consider, have we? So, tell me, uh, is there anything anything you could add to or like give me a different perspective on how the chemistry by bio- neurochemistry is working with those other two things.
1: Yeah, so I think you're right that biologically, we have to eat, we have biochemicals that actually cause us to eat or tell us we are full. Mm. If we can get to a point where we're so balanced that we can listen to our body, happy days, we're fine with money there isn't a ghrelin and leptin uh kind of equivalent however i would say it's the reward pathways it's what we've learned about money what we have learned through experience through growing up you touched on it about maybe like sex in the city and sort of like oh my god i'm gonna treat myself like i definitely was influenced by that i have a shoe room in my house and i The Carrie Bradshaw, I can't even say it. Carrie Bradshaw, Manolo Blahniks. I think the blue ones with the, oh, just beautiful. Shoes and me, we've got a beautiful relationship. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, shoe room full. However, we all have a slightly different relationship with money as a result. But a lot of it comes down to a survival feeling, which is really similar to food. Survival with food is we have to eat. If we do not eat, then we will die but we have to eat the right amount because if we eat too much, we could cause ourselves health problems with money. We have to have money to be safe, to be able to survive. Now, what that means is going to be different for every single person, depending on where in the world you are, what your level of, of everything is. But there is that core feeling of if I don't have money, I'm not safe now that is going to trigger people in so many different ways because it's not actually about the amount it's about the feeling so with money we can get into a place where you know we are restricting we are trying to hold on to it we're trying to save it we're trying to protect it because we have this feeling of i don't feel safe with it i don't have enough i'm not secure and then on the other hand you can have this splurging feeling where it's almost like, oh my God, it's so amazing. It's reinforcing, it's giving me so much dopamine. I feel so good, I'm buying all these things. Or potentially that could be driven by, I don't feel worthy, I don't feel good enough, I don't feel safe having money, money and me don't really go, so I'm gonna find a way of getting rid of it. Now that second one isn't necessarily a conscious thing. I don't think anyone goes, oh, wow, I've just been paid. Oh, yuck, I've got to get rid of this money. But on a subconscious level, it's very easy to have patterns that are telling you, you are not worthy, you don't deserve it, you're not good with money, get rid of it. Or how shameful you have money, you should feel guilty because someone else doesn't right? get rid of it, spend it, give it to someone else. I often ask people the question, if you won 10 million pounds tomorrow, what is the first thing you would do with it? And generally speaking, the first, or maybe the second thing people say is something about giving a large chunk of it away, whether that's to charity, whether that's supporting a friend, whether that's a partner, something. Now, obviously, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think that's wonderful. And could there be some subconscious patterns in there of not feeling safe with it, not feeling that you deserve it, not feeling like you can hold to it. So I think what I'm kind of saying here is, money and survival are linked food and survival are linked Mm -hmm. you can restrict your money and that can be negative you can splurge your money and that can be negative what you want to find is this equilibrium this happy balance and um i think you you were talking about it yesterday but i've just created a podcast episode on this money maths this equation where we're actually looking at in and out it's the same with food like how much are you moving your body How much are you putting in your body? How have you got a nice, healthy balance? Whatever that looks like for you. With money, it's the same thing. How much are you bringing in? How do you feel about earning? How do you feel about attracting abundance? And where are you spending? What level are you spending out? There's gotta be a flow, but which bit is out of equilibrium? And that's the bit you wanna focus
0: on to be able to get this balance, to feel safe around money. So here's the interesting question. This is where we start getting really, really deep. Okay. Because in our external behaviors, like our, our 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 balance, our in and out, with whether it's with food um, or whether it's with money, we've got yeah. those external behaviors and you can easily go, oh, hang on a minute, I can see exactly what you're doing wrong. Um, you are getting paid every month and you are spending it far too quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and um you know that's clearly what you need to sort out now you and i both know that subconsciously we all have limiting beliefs about ourselves um and about what is safe that are actually driving the bus if you like yeah. so how can people listening start to get curious about what those might be oh okay so just start
1: looking just i think this was part of our conversation that we were having on whatsapp like oh. i suddenly went oh my gosh I've just realized that the way I do this is the way I used to do that. And that awareness, that noticing has to be the first stage. So things like um, when you get paid, how do you feel? Just ask yourself, the money's come into your bank account or you've just signed clients or sold products if you have a business, how do you instantly feel? Have you got feelings of, oh, that's amazing. Can't wait to spend it. Great, it's going in my savings. Are you feeling like, oh, that isn't enough? And and really look for those instant responses, because when you're looking for subconscious patterns, it's not the logical side of you, because logically, we all know how to eat and we all know how to deal with money. This is another conversation I have with clients. Mm. I would say 95% of clients who work with me on anything to do with either food or money, to be honest, they say, I know how to eat. I know the right foods or I know what I should be doing because I'm not a financial advisor and I'm not a nutritionist. So that's not my remit. But it's like they then say, but I don't get why I self-sabotage. So self-sabotaging with food is when they've got a fridge full of healthy meals. They love cooking, but they go and have a takeaway instead. And they're like, I don't get why I did that. So in that example, I would be saying, right, there's going to be something subconscious driving that. Just ask yourself, What was happening, what were you feeling in that moment before you decided, made the decision to go and have the takeaway rather than cook the food in the fridge? Was it tiredness? Had your partner just annoyed you? Had something bad happened that day? Had something really good happened that day? Because all of those examples will give you an idea of what the pattern is. So if the pattern is you've just had the best day ever and you're like, no, I'm going to treat myself. So there's some reward, there's an association between something good has happened, I'm going to treat myself, and the treat has become a takeaway. There's nothing wrong with takeaways in general, of course there isn't, but we're talking about looking at patterns. Yeah. If it's that you've just had a really bad day, okay, so you're feeling a different type of emotion. The subconscious pattern is probably, I don't feel good, so therefore I'm going to eat this. Now it could be that you say, ah, well, I might as well sabotage it, I might as well eat bad food because I feel bad, or it could be, that bad food I don't really like the word bad that takeaway it will say because I don't like good and bad non-ideal
0: food food or fun food or or... yeah
1: or just like not what was your plan you know you whatever that might be it might be that you're saying well you know actually that's the only thing that's going to cheer me up you're trying to change an emotion Mm. once you realize that you can kind of stop and go ah I don't know if I actually want that takeaway right now, I'm feeling a feeling, or this is my pattern, or this is something I learned from childhood, right, look at it, and then go, okay, I can still go and have that takeaway, but I need to know that I'm doing it, not because I really want the takeaway, necessarily, I'm doing it because I presume that's how I want to celebrate, or I presume that's going to make me feel better, and In terms of our emotions, if we actually stop that speed train of like, or stop the bus, as you're saying, Mm. you, you stop, you stop kind of feeling that emotion and you can actually make a different choice, but you've got to be aware of it because I talk about BWRT all the time and how everything, or no, I shouldn't say everything, a large amount of stuff comes from the reptilian, the subconscious. It's an instinctual response. Like if there's something falling off a table, you just go to grab it. You don't think about it the same with food it's the same with money you're like oh yeah I'll just buy that oh I'll just charge that oh I'll just eat that if you slow down a minute and go right hang on a minute I'm in the shop I've seen that dress Hmm, the dress is lovely it fits me do I want to buy it yes I do why do I want to buy it and then you might notice and I've noticed this one a feeling of because if I don't get it it might not be here I'm like wait a minute so I'm buying it out of scarcity, not because I love it, not because I have a thing I want to wear it to, not because I, oh, am I actually in scarcity? No. Will there always be really nice dresses? Yes. Do I really want this one? Not really. Because actually it's not going to do what I want it to do. Oh, okay. I'm going to put it down. And you feel completely differently about it. Does, does that kind of make sense? That process
0: of like looking at the why? And what you're really describing there is what I would call creating space. Um, Yeah, and really, I'd say this is how we take like yoga and meditation off the mat because yoga and meditation are about helping you to create space. It's that space between. It's almost like a brain synapse, right? There's a space, yeah. Yeah. The space between that impulse and the action. And the more, the more we self witness, the more mindful we become, the more space we create, and then the more choice we give ourselves because we can feel it, and then we're like, hmm what do I think about the fact that I've just had that thought? Mm, yeah, no, thank you, not today. And yeah. it gives us that power back. Whereas when we don't have that space, we just become like autonomous, right? And Dr. Mm-hmm. James Spencer says that, you know, if we don't create that, he doesn't use this terminology, but what he's really saying is if we don't learn how to create space and to self-witness past the age of 30, we lose all free will, which I think yes. is terrifying.
1: Absolutely terrifying. So in BWRT, we'd probably call that the cognitive gap. So it's like there's a tenth of a second between your subconscious or your reptilian complex initiating a response and you being consciously aware of it. Now, tenth of a second is a fraction in time, but in terms of the brain space 50 meters of electrical activity has been covered so you are then sat in a position where so much has happened towards what you're going to do so you're going to have a drink you're going to spend that money you're going to feel a certain way or eat food actually if you don't stop and go what is this it's like the momentum just takes you and yeah exactly that you become autopilot on autopilot. Sorry. You, you become a habit, you become a product of your past conditioning. And that's great if it's really supportive of where you want to go in life. But I think for most people, we've got something that we want to change or we want to up level or we want to do better or we want to do differently. And to make that change, you have to go, whoa, hang on a minute. What am I doing? Actually look at your day to day, mindful eating. Like, again, this is another thing that comes up being, uh or lacking in mindfulness with spending and eating it's the same thing you you like okay i could be sitting here with my thing of chocolates watching something just going one two three four and then suddenly i'm surrounded by wrappers and i'm like whoa didn't even notice that because it's on autopilot same as spending you're putting stuff in your trolley you're going through the shops and then suddenly you're like whoa how have i spent 200 pounds what it's that lack of awareness. You're just doing things because your subconscious is like, yeah, eat the food. You'll feel good. Mm-hmm, it will feel good. Spend the money. Yeah, great. Oh, thank God we feel better. We're not thinking about that other thing now. But actually, if you stopped, you'd probably go, two chocolates is fine. I don't want any more. One dress is fine. I don't need 16. It's 16 again. Ooh, Ooh what
0: does 16 it's mean? It's 16th of August. It's a new moon. It's today the 16th of August. Oh, well, there you go then. <laughs> um, okay, so we talked at the beginning about how we might notice or I'm sure everyone can notice in their life. Like let's say you've got one thing that's really resonating with you right now. And you're like, Oh my God, I definitely do that with food or I definitely do that with money. We've probably all got one area that we, we can say, Oh, but in this area of my life, I'm actually really mindful. And I am really um, intuitive balanced and I have that balance that you're talking about. Uh, and you talked at the beginning about how we can, Kind of borrow the neural pathways from those to help so what would be our first step then in doing that
1: Ah, oh, right okay thank you for asking me that question because um i just think it is one of the easiest solutions to something that could feel like a big problem if you like so i would say so let me give my example so let's say um someone wants to change money yeah. but they're but they feel really confident in their eating behavior let's do it that way yeah. so yeah. for example i might say how do i eat so i'm just going to ask myself the question okay how do i eat i eat when i'm hungry i enjoy food i enjoy eating food and going out for meals and having desserts and at the same time i enjoy putting healthy foods into my body going to the supermarket and going okay, I'm gonna get some crudite. i I'm gonna get some hummus, because I know that there's that really good balance. And I find it quite easy, most of the time, just to be like, what does my body need? Mm -hmm. So if I was thinking about that, that's an area of my life that I feel really good in. If I took that feeling and those actions and I literally lifted them up and put them onto money, I would just ask myself the question, what would that look like for spending and saving and i might say and this is i'm just kind of thinking this off the cuff but i might say okay so there's no need for me to restrict and there's no need for me to indulge because money is always abundant money is always coming to me there will always be plenty and i want to be the kind of person who is really good with money, really savvy with money, I want to be developing this really good relationship in the same way that I want to look after my body. I want to look after my relationship with money. So I don't want to be pushing it away. And I don't want to be holding it onto onto it so tightly. So what might that look like? Right. And I think one of the things that we were talking about is I'm getting really excited about getting good at the game of investment, like uh, getting good at like I don't know looking at different ways learning ways of doing it being like oh my gosh okay I've added this to the pot today that's fun that's exciting in the same way I find food fun I like baking I like cooking so I've borrowed that from that and also I guess that feeling of it's okay money isn't going to run out so I don't have to hold on to it tightly but also you're allowed to keep hold of it you don't have to get rid of it it's not this thing that you just sort of have to like not look at it's like make it a really positive relationship make it an easy thing in the same way that food can be an easy thing to do so i don't know if do you want to give the perspective the other way around like if someone was like i feel really good with money but i want to change how i feel about food
0: um well the first thing that i would like to say that the kind of the the thread that i'm hearing between those two things is it's about feeling regulated Our nervous system in both of those situations is regulated. And when we say regulated, it doesn't necessarily mean we have to be in rest and digest all the time in our like pre-sleepy, yawny, like shavasana mode. We can be in, according to polyvagal theory, we can be in like social mode where we are basically stimulated and excited. But we've also kind of got our green light on. We've got our, our dorsal vagus. Hang on. Dorsal Dorsal, run-
1: well I'm gonna say yes dorsal fin on the back <laughs>
0: right, nerve in the throat <laughs> like, where have I got that from? um but we we can we can have like the green um like reg regulated like calm part of our brain on as well as like being a little bit in like amber mode and they kind of balance each other out
1: yeah so, so regulation doesn't have to be calm and relaxed it can be excited and fun yeah. but not boiling over into dysregulated anxiety type feeling
0: okay yeah, so we can feel so I was just thinking about that energy of like fun and playfulness around mm-hmm. like baking cookies and being like oh this is so much fun um how we can feel like when we are pretty mm-hmm. excited about saving money or learning about money um so for me I mean you could say this with with all manifestations right And if we, if we can, when, when they talk about like not manic manifesting, not chasing things too much, not pushing them away, it's about holding things loosely. Really manifestation theory is really alluding to, you need to be regulated. You need to be grounded. You need to let go of that frenetic. What if I don't get it energy? Because that is only ever going to push your manifestation away. It's the same with money. It's the same with having a healthy relationship with food, that frenetic panic energy mm-hmm. is not ever helpful. So in terms of food then, um, I mean, I think I touched upon like giving your brain chemistry a good chance by just being a bit regimented. If you feel really, really out of whack with food, starting off with just giving yourself that that regimented routine so that your your body and brain calm down a little bit um but how would I apply it for money I think I'm laughing because I'm like yeah but I think I had to start with both of them at the same time so I wasn't able (laughs) to do that okay well it comes from lack and abundance for me so let's say I've got a really good relationship with money um and I um I I do I've let go of my lack mindset I know that there's always more money to come Um, when I save money I don't do it out of a feeling of deprivation I do it it feels like pure abundance I feel more abundant the more I save when I don't buy something it makes me feel more abundant and when I do buy something it's because I've decided I really want it and that makes me feel more abundant so everything is coming from the energy of abundance right and it works with when I'm then working it back to food it's the same thing it's about Everything is about me feeling abundance. Everything is a pleasure. And I remember when I got my balance back with food, it was when I saw that every meal is an absolute pleasure. And Mm -hmm. even when I wanted to eat something super, super healthy, I would spend loads of time and effort making it really delicious. I was so creative with my cooking. I was always looking at recipes. I would make healthy like versions of all of the fast food things I wanted to eat. And food just became an absolute delight. Um, And that's how I flipped the switch. And and I had like sensible regular meal times. I never told myself I couldn't eat. I was like, "Make, make a healthy snack make butternut squash chips instead of going and getting a mcdonald's make something so yeah it, it's about being in the energy of abundance isn't it really
1: and i think it, there might be people listening who are thinking oh i need to change money and food so what do i do so actually i think you've made a really good point that sorry that sounded like i didn't think you were making really good points
0: actually that was really good <laughs> sorry for use of language it. there
1: What I was trying to say was, um, that's a good reminder that it doesn't just have to be money and and food, it could be other areas of your life where you feel really calm, you feel really in control, you feel you've got a great relationship, maybe it's love, maybe you are just amazing at attracting fantastic friendships, maybe you've got great family relationships, maybe you've got an amazing partner in your life and you're like, I feel so regulated and so good in this relationship. because. A partner romantic relationship or friendship there's give and take in food there's give and take in money there's give and take it's all about this cycle of in and out so anywhere in your life where you feel abundant you feel secure you can take that pattern because i liked what you were saying about um the the sort of scarcity bit i i, I suffer from hangriness oh my gosh i think i'm quite a calm mellow person but Dear Lord, if I am hungry, I do not make the best food choices. I'm like, I need a sandwich quick. I need it now because I haven't listened to my body. I've got too hungry. If you are sat there with money going, oh my God, I'm so in scarcity. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. You're not going to make good choices with money. You're not going to be able to look at a situation really calmly, really rationally because you're in that fight or flight state. So again, imagine like, okay, what do I do in other areas of my life? To be calm, to be rational, to be in control. Where do I feel? Maybe it's when someone's doing yoga. Okay, so what do they do in yoga? They calm their mind, they calm their breathing, they move their body in a certain way. Okay, how can you take those patterns and apply that to money or food? Does someone literally need to take a minute before they make decisions around food and just calm their body, calm their mind? Maybe. Like, there are so many different ways of doing it but i think what we're both saying is you can you you can borrow from other areas of your life even if it's something that you might say is small you've got neural wiring around it you can do it you've even if you've done it once in the past your brain can do it again so use that. that and go huh, have the awareness look at what's going on and borrow those neural pathways
0: i love that and actually yeah everyone has one area that they know they're really badass at manifesting I would say my area is definitely friends I am so blessed I always have such lovely friends and I feel so secure about that that I um I don't like it I don't care if people don't like me
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's such a freeing thing to say though isn't it like I
0: really don't like um, now I've said this I don't want to manifest lose weight but, <laughs> but, um, but I just I just know that I'll always have lovely friends and I just I believe in it so strongly that it just always happens and I don't need to like yeah. try and make it happen and actually like I'm, I'm sure lots of people listening to this have something like that or maybe they have the same thing that they, oh yeah I do feel really secure about that area of my life use yeah. those pathways
1: yeah and it will be different for everyone like I agree. I think I'm so lucky that I've got really, really great friendships. Someone else might be like, I'm so good at manifesting money. I'm so good at manifesting a job. Like I'm so good at manifesting travel or houses or whatever. Like manifestation really, like you touched on earlier, boils down to that feeling of knowing. Just like knowing, like, I know I've got really good friends. I just know that I'm so lucky. Like my family, I just know they're so kind and so caring. So that's what I anticipate. That's what I expect. If you want to manifest a great relationship with food, you wanna get to that place where you're like, I just know I listen to my body. I just know I give my body great food. I just know that I've got this, did you, what was the phrase you used earlier? Oh, I can't remember this, just great relationship getting to that can take a little bit of time yes but once you're there it's just so it's like gliding it's like yeah. a swan over a lake you're just like I've got it I can do it
0: gracefulness I love it uh, I've just realized we've been talking for quite a long time um, and <laughs> I've been talking really, for a long
1: time <laughs> yeah
0: I'm just really saving our listeners because guys Victoria and I could probably go on for another hour but you might be yeah. like really um <laughs> we talk. <laughs> pretty much all the time so we're used to just chatting away um but for those of our listeners our poor listeners that are not poor (laughs) people that would like to get on with their day and they um want to implement the awesome things that we've been telling them where can they find you online because i um bet there'll be some people that want to ask you some more questions
1: Awesome, thank you. The best place is to come to to Instagram. So I'm at victoria.maskell, M-A-S-K-E-L-L. Come and say hi, let me know that you've been listening to this podcast. If you're not on social media, then drop me an email to victoria at victoriamaskell.com. And if you've enjoyed this episode, Don't forget to come over to my podcast where Annika will be coming on for our next episode. Um, My podcast is the Positivity and Prosperity podcast. We would love to have you as part of that family as well because Annika and I are gonna continue doing these, what do you think about episodes? So you don't wanna miss the next one.
0: Yeah, so the next one will be it will be on victoria's podcast watch this space i'll obviously let you know on my um instagram and tiktok when we um do that too and yeah we'll continue to keep visiting each other basically (laughs) yeah (laughs) amazing thanks so much for coming on today victoria thank you Thank you so much for listening to me today. If you would like to have the chance of winning a free one to one coaching session with me then i'd love it if you could leave me a five star review. All you need to do is take a screenshot of the review and send it to me at Thrive at Coaching by Annika dot uk and i would love to connect with you if you would like to connect with me further and you'd like to download my free guide then please go to my website and you can do that and you'll be added to my mail list or if you would just like to book in a free discovery call with me then you can do so via my email address or through my website all of these links will be in the show notes and i hope you have a wonderful magical sober week and i will see you this time next week